Dimitrik, and I'm about. Go ahead. And uh, my name is Jesse, and welcome to the Bitcoin Podcasts. Just the headers. There you go. This is a a show about the headlines in crypto, and boy oh boy, is this week's show going to be a doozy? You ready for this shit, Jesse? I am. Okay. So for those of you lames that have never <laughs> listened to the just the headers, we're about to give you headlines in crypto and we're about to do it in velvety smooth voices and we're going to do it with an approach that is going to keep you wanting more headlines, but we're only going to give you enough that's that you're going to be like, damn, I want more. And we're going to say tough, tough shit. We're only giving you this the mini. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. So first article coming hard from <laughs> news.bitcoin.com. Written by Kevin Helms. Latest hack sparks concern WhatsApp will never be secure. Facebook's popular messaging app with 1.5 billion users in over 180 countries has another major vulnerability. Hackers. Wait, Facebook owns WhatsApp? Yeah, you didn't know that? I. They're going to they're like going to deploy global coin on that. That's I feel like I heard it. it and just realized that it's reality. Uh, hackers were able to covertly install spyware in uh, on iOS and Android smartphones using WhatsApp with just a phone call. All of their security issues are conveniently suitable for surveillance and look and work a lot like backdoors, said Telegram's founder, who doubts WhatsApp will ever be secure. Oh, oh, oh shit. Here's a quote. The malicious code developed by the secretive Israeli company NSO Group, super secret, could be Transmitted even if users did not answer their phones. Wow. And the calls off. Wow. Okay. So you just get hacked. There's nothing you can do. God, that's terrible. Hecky, you not hecky. Just Jesse, you could be hacked right now. Yeah, I could be. We both could be hacked. How do you live? How are we supposed to live in this world when we could just be hacked at any moment's notice? Maybe we're anywhere. not. Maybe we're not supposed to live. Oh, that's getting deeply philosophical. Are you saying that we're living in a way that is unsustainable? Yeah, and we're we all to gonna die one day. Ooh, okay. <laughs> it got deeper. It got really deep at the top of the show. We're sorry, audience, but we're gonna explore this. So. Technology has allowed us to live faster than we've ever lived, but should we be living that fast? That is the question, Jesse. I feel like you have the answer because you recently went on a pilgrimage. You feel like I have the answer to what? Should we be living as fast as we're living just because technology allows it? You know, when I was going through um, my OCHEM book, I was reading... Uh, I, I guess a fact that I'd forgotten that we're going to supposedly run out of petroleum by 2060. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is going to happen? That's only, you know, Oh, Mad Max. Oh, Mad Max for sure. Have oh, you seen Mad Max? I have seen Mad Max. The I don't like one? what happens in Mad Max. Yeah. Fury Road, was it? Yeah, right? man. I love that movie. I loved that movie. 
I was like, this is the most realistic depiction of the future I've ever seen. And it's sad. But it's awesome. I don't uh, think I want that to happen. Huh? I wouldn't want that to happen. So what you're saying is we need to find a way. Bill Nye's losing his mind. Like, Why do you say that? Well, because he's on HBO shows cursing. And he was just on an interview on CBS, I believe, where he said, guys, we're not talking about this happening 50 to 75 years from now. These effects on the climate are going to start happening like false, like all the bad things we've been saying about the climate that are going to happen should be happening within the next 15 to 20 years. Oh, man. Time. What are you going to do with the, your 15 to 20 years? Then? Uh, Le- Moon Lambo, baby. What kind of oh. question is that? <laughs> I'm going to fucking Elysium on my crypto rainbow carpet. Take me with you. Oh, you could come. Okay. You can come. I'm bringing five people. And those five people are bringing five people. And those five people are bringing five people. How many Bitcoins is it going to cost me? Uh, 21. Jesus. <laughs> Why'd your voice get all muffled all out of the blue? Well, I'm trying to figure out something while we're doing this to make it more entertaining for me. And possibly you okay uh i like entertainment so basically what hap- is, is gonna happen is a lot of people are gonna lo- lose a lot of money through facebook's messaging app because apparently you can get hacked without them even knowing without you even knowing that you've been hacked because they just call your phone and it's hacked and that's just how it works so yay Okay, let's, ooh, not a Hacker Newman article. Those articles are so deep. You know, time for that. And then how to make your laptop. Well, I think, that, you know, we started GoCoin back in, two, back did you in know 2013. You put, One of the smart things we did is we did this tire. You put a YouTube video in the, in, the, in, the, in the link. I did? Yeah. No, they're all Coindesk. Uh, which one? Coindesk links are taking you straight to YouTube. Oh boy! Sorry, audience. We did not know Coindesk is YouTube that they're trying to funnel everybody to. So there's that. Uh, here's a new article. News.bitcoin.com. After trillions are printed under quantitative easing, politicians now say deficits don't matter. Oh boy. When quantitative easing was introduced, it was likened to a drug. With central banks making an emergency injection of money into resuscitate into resuscitate the global economy. Now it seems that some politicians have gotten addicted to this drug, going as far as to claim that government deficits don't matter and money printing can just continue unabated. Central banks create trillions out of thin air with QE. In the wake of 2008 global financial crisis, central banks embarked on a gargantuan quantitative easing policy, expanding their balance sheets by many billions of dollars worth of government bonds and other financial assets each month. Now, more than a decade on, this policy is considered to be largely over, but major central banks still hold trillions on the books. As of the end of April 2019, the U.S. Federal Reserve's balance sheet stood $3.89 trillion. The European Central Bank's balance sheet was $5.3 trillion, and Bank of Japan's balance sheet was $5.1 trillion. These figures are respectively comparable to 18.5, 40.3, and 102.2% of the GDP of Japan. This is after central banks were unwinding or tapering the process in 2018, uh, with the ECB, for example, dropping from a high of 80 billion euros per month in asset purchases to just 30 billion each month from January to September 2018. The further decline to 15 billion euros a month from October to December 2018 for a total of 452 billion in 2018. I'm going to get to the punchline here. 
there's no punchline here. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> modern monetary theory is taking the concept of fiat money to a logical extreme, describing currency as a public monopoly, which the government is a price setter of, and claiming that anything less than full unemployment is evidence that it is over-restricting the supply and needs to print more. This seems like an opinion piece more than anything else. But we are in some strange times when governments are just like, hey, uh, you know what we should do? Print more money. It fixed it the last time. Jesse, what would you do if you had a money printing machine in your closet? I would leave it in my closet. Well, I mean, obviously, but what would you do with the capabilities of it? Nothing. You wouldn't print money? No, why? I'm not, I'm not talking literally, like literally print it and go to prison. I'm saying if we lived in a world where you had a money printing machine in your closet and you could print money to do whatever you wanted to do with it, mm-hmm. what would be the first thing that you did with this printed money? I wouldn't use the printed money because the whole point is, to, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know. Like, why Why would you shortcut, shortchange yourself of, like, playing the game of, the social game of making money? Yeah, but I'm not saying you as an individual. I'm saying if oh, you. Oh, okay. What if I'm I saying was, is. If I wasn't me and I had money to spend, what would I spend it on? If I had a money printing machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't we just ask you? Well, cause I'm asking you and I'm, oh. I want to... <laughs> well, that, 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 that fictional person that I'm imagining would ask you. <laughs> okay. Let's rephrase this whole situation. Say yeah. you are a person. I'm a person. Let's Not named Jesse. <laughs> And not doing the things that one named Jesse would do. And you had access to infinity money. Okay. By by way of a money printing machine. Okay. Would you use that? How would you use that money printing machine? I think what you said was you would buy food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd buy some Chinese food. And I'd, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Just make sure all my bills are paid for utility bills. Yeah. Okay. This is like extra money on top of like my my normal income, right? Uh, I think we're adding layers onto this analogy or thought exercise, so I'm gonna uh-huh. go ahead and move on. And oh, it's, it's your it's your uh turn all right. to do Monday's news. I mean, what did you want me to say? Like, I'm gonna buy planet Earth. I like, thought you would say something like that, but you're you're Jesse, and I should have known better. <laughs> so, I'm gonna, go out, say I'm like, gonna buy all the malls in Texas. <laughs> that's just, that. This is just you. Just that's not gonna. Would you? <laughs> that's actually kind of cool. What would you do with them? I turn them into uh, drone racing stadiums. Why don't you just buy a stadium and turn the stadium into a drone racing stadium? Well, because. I wouldn't do it that way. Why are you so judgmental? I don't know, you know. (laughs) Because they're cooler if they're flying through a mall, not through a stadium. Oh, okay. All right. Um, All right, starting with Monday. Monday's first headline. Let me just bring it down because it's really high up on my screen. All right, here we go. Realistic decentralization, governments, banks, and ordinary people. By the way, I was trying to get my VR headset to work because I haven't played around with it in a while, and I thought it would be fun to read the headlines while D was looking at me with this big headset on my face. Uh, that's what you were doing. Okay, that's I what I was trying to do. What the hell was going on over there? <laughs> yeah. It, anyway, all right. During the last 10 years, the whole industry was driven mostly by tech geeks who wanted to bring into life the idea of complete financial decentralization where banks don't play an intermediary role. This idea has captured the minds of everyone, putting everything to the extreme, leaving no space for other ways of technological realization. Later, cryptocurrencies became infamous due to misuse and lost its original reputation in the eyes of people. Not really sure that that's true, but 
Uh, and regardless of these facts, cryptocurrencies slowly take place in our lives, but often governments, banks, and companies can't come to an agreement, which results in a technological slowdown. In the end, ordinary people suffer who simply can't transfer value without additional overheads. Some want decentralization, others centralization, but as always, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. The problem and solution. I don't know. Like, who is this guy? Sir, Serge Vasilchuk? Vasilchuk? Problem and solution. Living in such a bureaucratic age may become cumbersome for some individuals who value their time and money. Unfortunately, the current financial and legal systems impose serious financial restrictions on how money can legally uh, can be legally transferred and used. These rules force people to pay huge transaction fees and make them wait for days when they receive or when they send or receive money. Companies have to cover huge taxes and on top of that pay banks additional money for financial operations. That creates an uh, almost an infinite circle where entities and individuals lose time and money. In this situation, the liberalization of financial operations through cryptocurrencies will become the key to this problem. From government and bank perspective, cryptocurrencies impose some risks of inability to tax cash flows, but this rudimentary thinking is damaging the governments and banks themselves because public ledgers allow more efficient tracking of all financial operations made inside and outside the country which in the end enables official financial entities to tax cash flows even more efficiently, but with a specific decrease in tax and transaction fee amounts so that people won't hide their financial operations and continue using the system. In this scenario, people and companies get the possibility to send and receive money fast without high banking fees and with dramatically decreased taxes. In order for this to happen, fintech companies and banks have to develop stable coins that would represent the same value in the same proportion to official money in certain jurisdictions. It doesn't mean that existing cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and many others won't be used illegally. On the contrary, everything is going to be legalized. Because in order to buy or sell cryptocurrency or for fiat money or certain stable coins, you have to go through the KYC process, which ensures the absence of any criminal activities behind these financial operations. The future. One of the essential players in this field will be fintech companies that develop officially regulated cryptocurrency exchanges. The exchanges, those exchanges will have the fiat gateway, gateway provided by local banks, which will allow people to buy or sell cryptocurrency officially paying all necessary taxes. It's vital to note that there should be a minimum of five staple coins available in every jurisdiction so that people could simply have a choice where to store their money. This is so stupid. What is this article? <laughs> I was waiting for you. Yes, I know Jesse. I was like, uh, I was about to say this article is stupid, right? It just got stupid. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, why did it get just stupid, Jesse? I was waiting. I was like, here it comes. He's about why to call you, stupid. Like minimum of five cryptocurrency exchanges. Like, how do you come up with that number for each jurisdiction to have five? And then it says same principle applies to the banking system, which is deployed in civilized countries where each jurisdiction has more than five different banks available for its citizens. Like, what is this bullshit? All he's saying is that we need crypto banks. He's like, we need this intermediary, an exchange in between local banks and crypto, which you don't. You don't need that. Why don't you need that? Because you could just use the cryptocurrency itself. You don't need to. You don't need to normalize to currency, fiat currency, or whatever. Or, Boom, you know. baby! That's what I'm fucking talking about, Jesse. You the man. Well, you I mean, that's what everybody's waiting for, right? It's like you don't pay anybody in dollars that you convert from your Bitcoin. You pay them in Bitcoin, and like, there's no, there's no need to use. A fiat gateway because you just pay them in the cryptocurrency itself and then exactly. that does your your yeah transactional recording yep and it's on the blockchain right boom yep. oh my goodness your, it's i don't know this guy's smoking but you don't need all those stable coins and banks intermediary banks and uh intermediary exchanges i don't know what he's smoking either but get some to the people in the back Cause get some. Get, I want to know what it is. You know, I'm trying to get lifted. Trying to get lifted. Jesus. Oh man. Here, look. Look. Let's look at this next one. So this next one is uh, this next article is from Hacker Noon. How a global criminal crypto mining network operates. 
says, uh, while many tech-savvy people have heard of, know about, and sometimes perform cryptocurrency mining, many uh, most of the rest of the world is oblivious to its existence. Is that really? I don't really know. Uh, they are. I, okay. I show Bitcoin mining uh, farms to people all the time, and they're like, wow, is that real? And I'm like, yeah, that's reality. That's why we're into this Bitcoin thing, because I'd rather believe in all these machines than some old person making monetary rules and doing it in their best interest i'd rather the machines just be machines so but anyway uh, so in the article they're going to talk about i'm just going to give you guys the uh the gist of it they're talking about how monero um has been abused by um some criminal uh crypto mining pools and they're there's a there's a quote here that mentions crypto economy. I guess is some sort of publish published uh, article or feed somewhere mentions that as much as 4.3 percent of all Monero mined comes from illegal mining activities. Based on estimates of the volume of mining, it seems that as much as 56 million dollars worth of Monero has been mined using this method. Uh, the method is where you know people hijack with malware um, computers and use them to mine. I'm guessing like network computers at like normal yeah. people jobs. Uh, limitations of the system dealing with security. yeah, so it's it's what it is. It's just bot, hmm. bot mining. Okay, and that's Monero based. Monero based bot mining. For that ass. I mean, Monero's Monero had sketchy beginnings, and now it's kind of leading the charge and new tech and new scaling tech of I, I think zk proofs not zk is monero zk i don't know no monero's ring signatures monero's ring signatures zcash is is a zero proof zero knowledge what is what is the what is it zk snarks yeah that's a that's a acronym i forget it every time zero knowledge signature I'm just going to look it up. What? All right. I'll go on to the next article. So we've got two additional articles for Monday. The first one is Coinbase records highest weekly Ethereum trading volume since 2017. So um, give you some metrics. Sure. Go for it. Zero knowledge, succinct, non-interactive argument of knowledge. Hmm. That means nothing to me. It basically means that you don't need to see somebody do something to know if they prevent you with a ZK proof, you know, they did the thing. You don't have to see them do the thing. Oh, no, I know. But like, I don't understand the math behind it through that acronym. Oh, yeah. You need a fucking PhD for that. I need to get one of those. <laughs> yeah, you would be the guy to get a PhD to understand the acronym. Like, I don't get it. What do I need? All right, how much money do you need? I'm getting this PhD tonight. <laughs> All right. All right, so give you some metrics uh, on the Ethereum trading volume spikes um, recently on Coinbase. Since late 2018, not including this past week, the combined weekly trade volume of Coinbase's Ethereum USD and Ethereum BTC markets has exceeded 3.13 million ETH only four times, and in the six weeks after ETH's USD price went on to increase 87.1, 91.3, 54.6, and 67.1% respectively. So for the past uh, four weeks, it's been it's been exploding. Um, so let's see. In the well, they're talking about the broad cryptocurrency market cap uh, now being at 242.4 billion, up 91% from the beginning of the year. Um, so. Yeah. yeah. So, so Ethereum's price is going up. Ethereum's price is trying to it's is being bought or it's there's volume, not necessarily price price movement upwards, but there's there's a lot of volume. I mean, there's you can you can try and make that assumption, but you just you never really know, right? But you can see that a lot of Ethereum has been turning. Yeah, uh, which is a good thing. It's good to get some volume back into this space. 
All right, moving on to Tuesday's news. Uh, oh, no, no, I want to read one more, one more. Okay. All right, here we go. What 60 Minutes got wrong about Bitcoin? I heard about this segment that they ran. Oh, yeah. I, I never actually watched it. Neither did I. Let's take a look. All right, so Bitcoin is having itself a moment again, bouncing back from the depths of crypto winter and now hovering around nearly $8,000 per coin. The king of crypto got itself 15 minutes of solid exposure on primetime network television over the weekend. The CBS 60 Minutes segment, Bitcoin's Wild Ride, which aired last night. This is uh, a Monday article. Uh, a mostly positive, was surprisingly a mostly positive and accurate portrayal, even if simplified and condensed for a TV audience. But it's cynical jabs at the guy who spent $800 million dollars on uh, in Bitcoin on pizzas. Low-hanging fruit, though it may be, badly missed the point. Um, the Wild Ride, as chronicled by CBS, focuses mostly on early Bitcoin pioneer Charlie Shrem, the ups and downs of his crypto enterprises and troubles with the law. Having escaped recently escaped a costly lawsuit from formal business partners Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss, Shrem hasn't done much media as of late. So hearing him recount his triumphs and travails was illuminating. So Anderson Cooper hosted the segment. Uh, he spent a little bit of time explaining Bitcoin basics for a lot of people who haven't been exposed to anything in the space. Um, and then Cooper brought in Niha Narul, the director of the Digital Currency Initiation, uh, Initiative at the MIT Media Lab. And uh, they they both talked about the um, pros and cons of the coming uh, digital money age. Hmm. Cool. I hope it works out good. Next article. Speaking of pros and cons of the digital age, Galaxy Digital, run by Mike Novogratz, or you might know him as the short, bald guy that wears weird clothes, the crypto merchant bank found, founded by a former... Uh, okay. This received $71.2 million after selling its shares in Block.1, the maker of the EOS blockchain. So there you have it. Uh, most of these token things, these tokens that do these like that did the private launches and public launches and all that stuff is just kind of a long con uh, to have a quick investment tool and get some return on your investment with an investment tool. So be careful out there. Uh, there's a few genuine actors in the crypto game which did ICOs to actually support the development of a token, uh, but EOS ain't one of them. So, uh, moving on. Oh yeah, yeah, EOS. Everybody pulled out. Yep. Uh, Ethereum Foundation is funding the development upgrade plasma so 19 million dollars right that's a lot plasma is essentially ethereum's lightning network ethereum has a lot of scaling solutions all happening at the same time i think they're bucketing them into eth 2.0 or i think maybe they are actually competing but plasma is basically the lightning for for ethereum so it's actually made by the same or at least worked on by the same guy that invented the lightning network uh poon so Joseph Poon is his name. I'm not just randomly saying Poon. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, the Ethereum Foundation detailed Tuesday how an estimated $30 million would be spent to organization on key projects within the Ethereum ecosystem. The group said that $19 million has been earmarked over the next 12 months to be put towards building the Ethereum of tomorrow. So that includes uh, ambitious scaling upgrades dubbed Ethereum 2.0. Uh, layer two scaling projects such as plasma uh, among others another eight million is detailed to be spent over the next 12 months on supporting the current ethereum mainnet through initiatives such as ethereum 1x so here's a quote ethereum is used in production today to secure billions of dollars of assets as a base layer for many hundreds of live applications we believe that it is vital to continue supporting these Efforts to ensure that Ethereum 1.0 continues to be the world's dominant smart contract platform. The foundation said this in a blog post released on Tuesday. So the Ethereum Foundation is handing out a lot of money this year to a lot of people. But the Ethereum Foundation also has endless money. So there you have it. Uh, your turn, man. Wednesday's news. All right. See the first article for Wednesday begins with 
Greg Wright not being recognized as Satoshi by the U.S. Copyright Office. Will the real Satoshi please stand up? So the U.S. Copyright Office uh, issued um, this release. Importantly, the registrations issued by the U.S. Copyright Office recognize Wright as the author under the pseudonym. Wait. Um, why did the government go to the trouble of clarifying this point? Wright's actions required it. On Tuesday, a press representative sent a widely read release that suggested, in short, that the government accepted Wright as Satoshi. Wright was Satoshi. Ah, okay. Um, so the copyright... Is it the Copyright Office? The U.S. government has registered. As mul multiple sources have already noted, all it takes to register a copyright is $55 and a stable internet connection. In short, any claim that the U.S. government has registered right as the author of Bitcoin are spurious at best. Okay. So, so yeah, so I guess... Craig Wright is not Satoshi. He's not. Just in case any of you guys were wondering. They just spun it like... Like they received a report that he was. Yeah. All right. And Why do people still believe he is, dude? A lot of people do, which is so shocking to me. I don't get humanity sometimes. I don't know, man. I do not know. All I know is that Fortnite Maker teams up with crypto's Steam competitor to boost game development. Gaming platform built on crypto is teaming up with the creator of Fortnite. As revealed exclusively to Coindesk, game developers using Epic Games' Unreal Engine will receive better business terms if they deploy their title on The Abyss. The Abyss, a Steam competitor funded by an ICO in 2018, rewards game devs for, purchasing for purchases made on the platform. Uh, microtransactions on blockchain. Great. All right, I don't want to read any more of this now. Don't like okay. that. Well, and what? Nothing. I was going to ask why, but I think I kind of get why. Uh, it's just it's overdone in the space. Usually so micropayments. it's... Yeah, micropayments are usually Asian Asian um, game developers. Like, I don't know if you've ever played any, any Korean or Japanese RPGs, even Chinese, but they usually spin those. Maple Story... Um, Nexon's South Korea Nexon's company usually will do a lot of microtransaction based games, pay to win. Uh, but yeah, it's, that's not a new thing. So they're somebody's doing that in blockchain and trying to be the steam of of blockchain. So oh, I get it. Okay, it's a good yeah. way to make money. Gaming has changed. I remember when you put in a game and you get the whole game and you get to play the whole game. And yeah, no. when it's over, the game's over, and you either play it again or you look for a new game. Yeah, now the model is uh, release an unfinished game and then have expansion pack content uh, releases and then make people pay for those on top of already purchasing the base game. Yeah. Yep. I think I said something. I play with a close group of friends uh, once a week and play games. And then when they release the DLC, I'm always like, would you like to buy this game again? Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> now you can. It's like, oh, I always wanted to buy a game twice. Yeah. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I always wanted. God. Yep. And then like StarCraft, I think they're on like the fifth release, the fifth DLC. So it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. People keep buying it, man. That's the thing is like, that. that's what, if you, if you consider yourself savvy or, or quote unquote smart, know that there is a horde of the opposite acting against your interests, controlling your life. Like, I never in my life wanted to pay for a game multiple times. I just wanted one well built game. But the hordes have demanded that they will pay $2 for 300 Call of Duty tokens. And they will do that at a rate higher than I will just buy a game one time. So now I don't get to buy a complete game. I get to buy a halfway complete game. And then I have to pay a lot of money to get the complete game that I purchased the first time. It's rough. Because of the horde. It's rough out there for everybody playing games. I have a friend who... um 
tried to get me to play RuneScape, and then he was like, "We're gonna be competitive. Um, we're gonna try and see who can level the fastest, and get the best gear." And then uh, me, not putting any money in, uh, didn't realize that he sunk like twenty bucks, and that gave him an incredible advantage. Oh wow! Just and I was just like, uh, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not playing anymore." That, that was, that was dumb. I thought we were gonna do this without putting any money in, but yeah, ruins the fun. My, our latest joke is the people that I play with is like we're my brother and some other of our close friends, and we're all professionals, right? So I like we say things like, "Do they have that? I have a damn job and wife and children pack where I just get the <laughs> fucking game and not have to pay." Like I'm not trying to play thirty thousand hours, and I'm not trying to pay thirty thousand dollars. I just want a sweet price to get game to fun ratio for the amount of time i have in my life you know at some point somebody was like all right the aging population of gamers are in their mid-30s and have families and work majority of the time but they still like to play games how can we utilize their higher earning potential and make more money on these games and then somebody was like i have an idea let's release content that they will want to buy because you can only grind for it a thousand hours, which they don't have. And they'll pay 20 bucks to skip all that grinding. And then we'll make more money on the game. Whoever, that, whoever said that, that they were the real genius. Yep. And that is truer than true. Like when we bought, we, we all played that Star Wars Battlefront game. Yeah. And like we were like, man, I really want to play as Darth Maul, but I don't want to put in the Darth Maul time. Let me just slap 15 bucks on it real quick. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> where's the, where's the family? I have a fucking family and responsibilities pack for this DLC. And they I'll should buy just that make one. it up front. Like you just like, I'll pay you $200 for this game now rather than $200 over the next four years that I play this game. <laughs> And just give me everything. Just yeah. just give it, yeah. I'll pay a console, the price of a console, for this one damn game so you can give me everything. Yeah. Just get yeah. it over with, damn it. I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah. And now the slickest thing that they do, and then we'll get back to crypto news while we're complaining about being old, uh, <laughs> is I wanted to download the game that we play because I have two systems. I have one that stays in my house and one that travels with me. And so I wanted to download the game on my travel one so I didn't forget my disc at the home and then I couldn't play or something. Yeah. And I couldn't find the original game. I could only find these packs for like $99 and $150. And I was like, why can't I just find the game? Like I put in, I'd search for the game title and it was like, uh, super starter soldier pack deluxe deluxe super ultra mega pack uh get the memorial holiday barbecue pack and i was like what the fuck man i just want the game <laughs> i just want the yeah. regular 30 dollar game i just went on amazon i looked at it. it's 30 bucks i want to download the 30 dollar game and i couldn't i couldn't do it it was i couldn't get to it so it's like it's like uh your your normal edition and then you're like your deluxe edition and then your like supreme deluxe edition then you're like titan yeah. i give you a thousand dollars so you can fly me to like a dinner somewhere with the game devs why yeah. can't you know didn't we already learn our lessons from supersizing sometimes too much is a bad thing i just want the regular size give me the regular size happy meal please or give me dude i want meal. some french fries now not gonna lie. <laughs> I want to go to McDonald's and just get large fries. And I know that large fries are the equivalent nowadays of the supersized fries, but we're just not talking about it anymore. <laughs> but it's the same thing. They made the cardboard thing. bigger to make the fries, the fry amount look less, but it's the same as in the supersize. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, Ethereum investment vehicle approved for small <laughs> investors. So this this is basically Grayscale Ethereum Trust, uh, which is the same as uh, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, uh, GBTC. There's going to be a GETH, I'm assuming. Uh, oh, wait. 
I don't know what they're calling it, but I would recommend adding it to your hashtag not investment advice. Have a little bit in your investment portfolios for maybe Roth IRA and your 401k. Uh, I will say personally that I added GBC, GBTC to mine about a month after it launched. Uh, and it's been it's been pretty good since. So, What are the maintenance fees on GBTC? Good question. I don't know. I'd have to look in my e-trade thing to look at it. So, okay. Um, why don't you just buy the underlying asset? I do that too. It's no, like, I know, but why? Why buy GPTC? Um, I don't buy. I haven't bought any since. But I mean, why not? I don't know. There's more things. Mm. I think it's. I think it's maybe it's best to just buy the underlying asset. I think underlying so. Underlying asset. It's a hundred percent probably better, uh, which is the point that Winklevi actually made just this past week. Uh, but I don't know why not. That's that was my fucking YOLO, Jesse. That's all I got for you. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, this was a big one. Uh, bid pay to ex- to be accepted uh, at AT and T. So AT and T is accepting bit, bit, uh, Bitcoin through BitPay. Uh, they may or may not be holding on to the Bitcoin. Nobody can answer that except for AT&T. Um, but it is a pretty good vote of confidence for Bitcoin altogether that at a very, at the very end of the day, a company like AT&T, which is a pretty large company, is willing to at least accept it, accept it uh, and the notion of it. Because in reality, BitPay is taking the Bitcoin and asking AT&T if they want to keep some of it and paying ATT in dollars. So we'll see. Um, last article of the week. And then Jesse and I got to go find some uh, Memorial Day barbecue cookouts. Ooh, barbecue sounds good. Mm-hmm. Take the fry, dip it in the barbecue sauce. Oh, uh, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. There's nothing more American than chicken nuggets and barbecue sauce on Memorial Day. Nugs and sauce, baby. Vitalik proposes Mixer to anonymize one-off Ethereum transactions. So we need a first step toward more privacy. Vitalik Buterin, founder of the Ethereum blockchain network, said on Wednesday. So in a new HackMD post, Buterin detailed design to help obscure Ethereum user activity on the blockchain. More specifically, Buterin proposed a minimal mixer design aimed at obfuscating user addresses when sending fixed quantities of Ether. So here's a quote. Anonymity, anonymity set is, critico- is cryptography. Oh, God. Mouth. <laughs> Control yourself. Anonymity set is cryptography speak for set of users that this thing could have come from. For example, if I sent you one ETH, you can't tell who exactly it was from, but who it was from, but you can tell that it came from myself, Alice, Bob, or Charlie. Then the anonymity set has size four. The bigger the anonymity set, the more privacy you have. He's talking about ring signatures. Why doesn't he just say rings? Well, I guess ring signature would be more complicated than saying all of that. So. The main use case I'm thinking of is a one-off send from a one account to another account. So you can use applications without linking that account to, to the one that has all your tokens in it. So even though it is a 2 million, sorry, 2M gas cost, it only needs to, needs to be paid once per account. <laughs> what is that? Account. What is that unit? 2M? Is yeah. That I'm gas? wondering the same thing. Is Micro gas? Can't be micro because that's E nine E negative. Gas negative. isn't measured in m's. I thought it was measured in eth, right? I don't know what no, that is. No, gas is just gas. Gas. I thought gas has no division. It's not divisible. Yeah. It's just one gas. Yeah, gas is so just gas. maybe two million gas cost. Maybe it is two million gas cost. But that's a lot of gas. It's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of gas. Why would someone's in? That's that. I don't know. We're not understanding something here. Maybe, maybe. So even though it has a two million gas cost, oh, how many? How much gas is one ether? I thought it's one to one. No. Oh, okay. I forget. It's not. 
Okay, so how much is two million gas in ether? Is there a calculator for it? Here, let me uh, gas calculator. How much gas is one ether? How much one gas in there? Mm, there's no such thing as one gas. Oh, um, you can't converse gas to ether because of the two different gases. I remember doing this, but I forgot. You are probably asking about gas cost, which is gas times gas price. Usually measured in guay one ETH equals one E nine guay. Guay is the gas. So it's I E seven. So one ETH is one E nine. So it'd be like what? Less than like point oh oh one ETH, right? So yeah, like a, like like two dollars and fifty cents or something like that. M is a thing though. Look, it's oh yeah, two million, two million gas, two million gas. So if 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 one ETH is one e nine, one e nine guay, yeah. which I'm assuming that's what he meant. Yeah. Then then point oh oh one ETH is is actually it's point oh oh two ETH is two million gas is yeah. maybe is what he meant because gas every ETH is so six. it's actually like if four. Millions E six right. Million is E seven right. Seven E six is a hundred thousand right. No, is it? I'm pretty sure six is because ten six zeros is a million. One E six right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one times ten to the six. E six, be million. Am I am I retarding on that? I think you're retarding on math. Let me let me wolfram this. One e six. Why isn't it giving me one e six? I'm so anticlimactic. Why isn't it giving me? Oh yeah 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 yeah. It is one million. Okay, so one e six. So he's at, he's saying it's uh two million. So then it's two e six and one e nine. So point oh 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 two. Yeah. ETH. So, like, since ETH is like two two hundred fifty dollars an ETH, so that's like twenty five cents Since. times two. Yeah. So fifty cents. Since. Yeah. So fifty cents for one of these. Look at us doing math in public. We're so confident. Dude, I, I can't believe I messed up 1e6 is a million. It happens. Happens to the best of us. Oof. Only the rest of us say it doesn't happen to the best of us. <laughs> Maybe those people are the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Solutions. Anonymity on Ethereum. Potentially coming in form of a mixer. That costs 50 cents. Yeah. So long story short, sorry guys, you had to go down that uh public math trial via brought to you by Jesse and D. Um Vitalo thinks that people should be able to mix one transaction um to to, to help with privacy. So to me, all he's saying is we want to add Schnorr signatures or ring signatures to, to Ethereum. So um yeah that's it for today's this week's headlines go cool. find a barbecue what'd you say jesse no no it's just saying cool go find a barbecue go find some of the fruit loops mini donuts at go go to a mcdonald's for you go buy go some chicken donuts. nuggets and barbecue sauce if you can't afford to get yep. a barbecue meal if you like your heart attacks powerful the mcrib is coming coming back soon. oh shit it's right around the corner I have, I have, I think I've had one, and it was really good. I have, Same. of all this time, even working at McDonald's, I have never had a McRib. I think I've had one. To I, me, I, it looks I, like I, the nastiest concoction. It's not rib meat, and it's two pickles and, like, five onions. That's so good. Anything McDonald's makes, I'll just eat and then feel bad later, but I'll eat it and enjoy it. It's so 
Oh, I don't like their McGriddles though. I'm not I'm not big on those. For some reason I can't do sweet and savory like that. The maple syrup on the um egg on the McMuffin. You mean to tell me you don't like pockets of syrup in your breakfast sandwiches? Not, no, no, not not with like bacon and egg. I can't I don't do I don't do syrup on top of my eggs and bacon. I don't know. Oh, a lot of people do. Yeah, you know what I do? I do ketchup. I do ketchup on top of my eggs. Ketchup as well. And my bacon. Yeah. You know what people in the Philippines do? They use they use banana ketchup. What? They have this ketchup that has banana uh, pureed into it, and so it's uh, it's a sweeter ketchup that has like a hint of banana. I'm not gonna lie to you, Jesse. That sounds disgusting. It does, and I don't eat it for that reason because I think it would be disgusting. Yeah. You know, my dad, when I was little, he used to actually mush bananas with ketchup onto his eggs and bacon or sausage, and I, I used to look at him like every morning like with like disgust on my face. <laughs> like, why would you put a banana on top of your egg and splatter it with ketchup like that is so gross that's the most disgusting shit i've ever heard (laughs) that is gross i hope uh, sorry we did i hope we didn't offend anybody that is filipino um but at the same time that's weird and you're weird for that that's but putting that's like putting cat ketchup on an apple I don't know. You know what? I'll try it one day, and and maybe I'll like it. Who knows? It may be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know how like the older you get, the older you get, like you you start liking more bitter things. Like you like dark chocolate, maybe, or maybe you like your coffee more black. You know, I feel like maybe maybe banana on top of an egg with ketchup. Maybe that's like a maybe that that could be an acquired taste that you can acquire at a later age. If you're listening to this right now, I want you to stop your car or. Get on your computer that you're already on and DM Jesse in Slack banana with ketchup <laughs> on top of it. Just a banana with ketchup on it. Please That's, don't. <laughs> and, the, and the best picture is going to be our thumbnail for the, the podcast for a, a week or two. Oh, my you God. Know, just, a, just a ketchup with just a <laughs> banana with ketchup on top. I feel like we're going to get things that are not bananas with ketchup on top oh boy and that's today's show that's <laughs> that's that's it on today's show for just the headers thank you guys for tuning into another week of just the headlines um oh yes, we forgot to you, say thank you facebook all for listening is, facebook thank is launching you. global coin that's a thing. yeah that was a headline yeah, yeah. Uh, global coin facebook yeah. oh and then mark zuckerberg is getting help from the winklevoss twins for that. yeah yeah that's a headline yeah. Um, so, well, should we should we plug the other shows real quick? We that should are on the network. Listen to uh, the bull. So I know podcast. hashing hashing it hashing it out. That's that's the one I'll I'll plug. Okay. Yeah. Plug away. So what are the other ones? Um, <laughs> this weekend in Ethereum is that is that one? No. Um, the week a week a week to be in crypto is like the newsletter that's on the Bitcoin podcast uh, blog on medium.com slash the Bitcoin podcast network. Uh, oh, sorry, the Bitcoin podcast blog. Um, then we have also the bullpen podcast with Crypto Bully. Uh, yeah, I've Crypto heard of that Bully, one. Uh, is, is a guy who's learning his way in crypto and really enthusiastic. And, and uh, it's, it's basically a guy who hears about crypto and falls in love with it. And now start interviewing different people. It's it's everybody's story. It's right? a Cinderella story. There you go. Then we have Dose of Ether, which has been that's on somewhat one. of a hiatus. That's one. Dose of Ether. Not this um, weekend in Ethereum. That's the one I was trying to remember, the show. Yeah. Uh, Dose of Ether with Bajan and um, Lucian. Uh, they Lucian. had taken a small hiatus. Uh, because we all podcast in our part time, so when the full when our Bruce Wayne gig comes a calling, we gotta put the Batman suit in the closet, right? Uh, I hope that analogy works. It mm. feels like it worked in my head. So we're Batman. 
when yeah, we're, we're podcasting. podcasting, we're Batman. But in the daytime, we're doing our day jobs. We're Bruce. Well, are we all the same Batman, or like some of us are like different Batmans? I'm Val Kilmer. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, like that. Okay. You're probably gonna be the George Clooney Batman with the built-in cheeks and nipples. Whoa. And nipples? Yeah, the that Batman yeah. suit had nipples on it, and everyone I, questioned why that was needed. Why that needed to be there? I I'd rather be the um the uh the the old Batman or or the Batman Beyond Batman. Like I I want to be an animated Batman. I don't want to be a strong a... Batman Beyond. You would... yeah, that's what I'll be. Yeah, be Batman Beyond Batman. Maybe I'm George Clooney Batman because I wouldn't mind having nips on my suit. I think yeah. it'd be a nice distractor for my enemies if I showed if I dropped down into Batman stance and they were like, "Oh no, it's Batman!" and I pull up on them, start rubbing the rubber nips, and they're like, "What? Why are you doing that?" Whoa. Boom! By the time you figure out why I'm rubbing on my nips, I've hit you with the batarang. Jesus! You see what I'm saying? It's actually a weapon. It's a You're weapon. Like giving you them use. a strip dance and rubbing your hard rubber nipples on them, and then no, 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 you don't get oh. too freaky with it. You just drop down. And you're like, "Hey, how's it doing?" And they're like, oh, shit, it's Batman. Wait a second. Has he got nipples? Batarang. Whoa. See how fast that was? That was so fast. Uh, Any other shows? So Hashing It Out, Bullpen, Dose of Ether. That's uh, three shows. The main show. Just the Headers. That's the one you just listened to. Bitcoin Podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's another one, one that you could listen to. Uh, we had long blockchain. It's still there on the feed. If you want to go back and listen to about seven or eight interviews about uh, basically the, uh, the legal stance on crypto. Uh, um, on ramping with D is a show where I on ramp people that are, are unaware to how Bitcoin works. And then I dabble into, huh? that's still going on it is there was one that came out two weeks ago okay and we're going to be recording another one soon sorry Uh, about the audio quality on the one that just came out i think i had some settings a little mixed up when i mixed it mm -hmm. Uh, i apologize to everyone but thank you for downloading and listening anyway uh oh we're about to cross three million downloads sorry like total yeah nice so hey wait what do you think like do you Cause I want to have somebody to like bring on onto this show, like a third, like, yeah. like somebody we interview, like, you do you think doing like on, on ramping, like can we combine on ramping with this? How? I don't even know how that would work. Um, we should think on that though, because I think it would be kind of neat to combine on ramping with crypto headlines. If we yeah, could like, say like, like how, is it pertinent to you person that doesn't know about crypto to learn about this headline? Mm-hmm. Is that is that what you're thinking? I'm thinking like, yeah. Do you go get your coffee from Starbucks? Well, hey, Starbucks is releasing, you know, X cryptocurrency. I don't know what you're thinking. I think I the audience know. doesn't know what we're thinking right now. I, I'd like to get a third person just for like somebody new to the space or or somebody experienced in the space to give like an additional perspective. Maybe they're they're in they're in tech like maybe they're actually developing one of the projects like they work for status like maybe Corey, or maybe it's you know somebody random that we don't actually know um that it could be somebody from the slack maybe they're already there and we don't maybe like ken it. maybe ken like because like ken's tendermint thing right let's figure out how much he knows about tendermint and then Oh, so you're saying like experts, like a daily show kind of thing? I'm not really sure what I want. Not yet, experts, but, uh, but anchors, like correspondents. Not correspondents, but like. Hmm. Just people who are in the space, maybe. Or maybe even not in the space. Just, just a random person. Just a random third person. <laughs> You're going to have to help me and the audience understand where your head's at on this, Jesse. But we got to wrap. Thank you guys for another week. Uh, Play... The outro.